This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Welcome to the new series of the Olive Magazine podcast, Raise Your Cooking Game. I'm Janine, Deputy Editor and Podcast Host. Each episode, I'll be consulting our cookery team experts to take a deep dive into a different subject with tips, tricks and advice for getting it right. And do listen out for our weekly bonus episodes where we'll be focusing on a classic recipe from the archive and explaining how to make it with perfect results every time. This episode, I'm talking to Olive's Deputy Food Editor and Keen Baker Adam about his specialist subject, bread. Welcome, Adam. Hello. Nice to see you. Yeah, nice to actually see you yeah. in the in the flesh. <laughs> My first in real life yeah, um, yeah. podcast for in a, in a, a while. Year. Yeah. <laughs> um, so first of all, I thought I'd get you to explain your bread credentials, your bread expertise. Um, well, I used to be a baker, so that's my real credential. Um, I was a chef, um, and I hadn't really baked that much bread, to be honest. I'd baked like a, a focaccia, like a really easy sort of kneaded white loaf. And then I was a chef and basically had the opportunity to go and work as a baker for uh, a year. I, I stopped being a chef, and this opportunity arose to become like a sort of be a sourdough baker. So I literally went the next day I quit and obviously worked my notice and then um that went the next day and became a sourdough baker yeah and learned all the ropes so um yeah that's my that's my experience really I did that for about a year nine months before actually when I came and worked at Olive that yeah. was like the last thing I did and then obviously over the past few years you've written probably hundreds of res- brilliant recipes but quite a few of those have been really great bread recipes as yeah. well yeah yeah great okay so um the first thing we're going to talk about is um, steps to success. So the things you absolutely need to nail to become um, a, a decent bread baker. So let's start with the first one you've picked out, which is um, flour. Yeah, I mean, bread is is one of those foodstuffs which actually is like comes. It has relatively few ingredients, and flour probably being the most important one. Um, and really, learning more or learning how to use the flour and what flour um, will create like better breads really mm. i guess um i mean for bread you need to you don't you need to use um strong white bread flour it's like the classic which gives you the white loaf um and it's called strong because it's been specifically um picked out for having a high gluten content okay um and not to get too complicated but gluten is the sort of protein that sort of holds all the structure in place as yeah. the bread rises and creates that structure to hold those um gases and air bubbles in so you get a nice rise nice big tall bake without being dense um and hard um and then a uh, wholemeal is like obviously the probably the other thing that a lot of people use mm. um and that's probably the same um wheat plant but it's got all the rusk and all the outer bits um kept on um 
it's more nutritious, but it often makes can make your bread slightly um, more dense because really they're like heavy. So um, it stops your bread from being as light because it's kind of holding that structure back yeah. a little bit. You can't just chuck any flour in the mix, can you? Should you kind of look for specifically look on the packet to say you can use it for bread? I mean, I know you can at a pinch, for example, use plain flour for things like flatbreads, but it's not the best for a loaf, is it? Yeah, really. I mean you can make bread with plain flour but you have to expect that the, re the results won't be as good as with strong white bread flour like if you're going to make bread strong white uh, is, is is should be your, your go-to and then really aside from that there's like this whole sort of other category of like what we call like the ancient grains that you might have seen um things like spelt iron corn um rye um and basically these are just types of wheat that like they're called ancient grains because they were some of the original species of, uh, of wheat. And whereas, like, as opposed to where um, strong white bread flour, they've sort of isolated really strong ones and sort of guided it into being something for our use. The ancient ones kind of have different characteristics which bring different things to baking. So like spelt is like a really nutty flavor. Rye kind of has sort of gray color and a real, like a nice sourness when you use it. Um, uh emma has like a really golden color which is often what they use for pasta making things like that um so yeah they're like yeah they're like different they're like they're still the same thing but they're often not quite as strong as what strong white bread flour because that's been isolated specifically for that but, um they all have their own sort of characteristics that you can add to your to your bread do you use them on their own or would you combine them with a bit of the... yeah i mean it, it, i personally i always combine i always do probably 50% strong white bread flour and then we'll use one of the other flours whether that's wholemeal whether it's wholemeal spelt or even white spelt because often um they're just not as strong so you kind of want to balance that like flavor texture with like the air bubbles the the height you know the lightness that that mm. nice bread comes with mm. and on to the second ingredient you mentioned water why is water so important in bread making? I mean, water is something you can definitely play with in your baking. It's, it's, it's really important. And it's actually probably the thing that most bakers talk about and play around with. Um, because, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things that if you're starting out, there's probably like a set amount of water that you, like the recipe tells you. Um, and I probably would stick to that if you're starting out. But when, when you go... Um, bake bake a few more times you can sort of might try and increase the water because the more water there is in the dough the better the gluten development will be so basically the better your bread will turn out but it's kind of like if you think about a graph with two axes and then a sort of diagonal line mm. at some point there's like the sweet spot between how much water enough water and not enough water but if you tip it over either side it can kind of have quite not like disastrous results but you know not not the best <laughs> so something like um i'm thinking something simple like focaccia which you mentioned before that i've made yeah and it's a very wet dough isn't yeah. it for the re for a reason that it's it it gets those incredible bubbles mm. so is, is that part of it just the more water you add the more kind of yeah i mean really it, it, it's it's the fact that you can get a lot of water into that dough because you don't have to it, it's free form it bakes in a tin mm. so if you're wanting a loaf to stand proud and be like really firm and upright you don't you it's kind of like a limit to how much water that you want to add before it literally starts slipping and and sort of like you know sliding away as you when you when you go to bake it okay and then on to something that again is vital in bread um yeast there's um 
there's a lot of different yeasts out there. There's uh, the fast action yeast. There's kind of dried yeast that you get in a little tub. There's obviously fresh yeast. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's the difference between them all? I mean, this is actually probably something that a lot of people don't really know too much about that, you know, there is standard yeast and fast action yeast, and that's just the dried bit of it. Um, I think a lot, I don't think, I mean, I didn't really know about it too much until I started baking. Um, And the fact that the regular yeast is kind of, it's all, it's both freeze dried, but they have slightly bigger particles almost, like they're bigger little bits. Um, And so you have to hydrate them before adding them to the dough. So like, you know, a lot of recipes will say, so, you know, mix it with the water and whisk it until it starts to be frothy and you can see it sort of activated. Then you tip it into your flour. Whereas with fast action, you basically can just bung everything in together. And regular is also quite sensitive to salt. So whereas you keep it separate to hydrate it, then mix it with the flour and salt and everything. Fast action, you can chuck everything in a bowl, the salt, the flour and everything and just mix it together. Um, So it's kind of like easier to use i think really so what and what does salt do to the yeast if it when it it'll kill it yeah it'll oh, kill really? it yeah yeah um yeah it's it really i mean like direct salt on yeast yeah it's it's it really doesn't like it any bacteria really but you know mixed into a dough at one to two percent yeah it's just makes it tasty <laughs> <laughs> so your so your regular yeast your dried yeast when you're adding your sugar and water mm-hmm. and, and sort of letting it become frothy that is you kind of giving it that first burst of yeah yeah you're, you're effectively um bringing it back to life it's just yeah. dormant otherwise and then that adding that water literally it suddenly awakens and it's like okay let's eat some sugar let's eat some carbs and produce carbon dioxide which is make what makes the bubbles and then um fresh yeast so it's, it's a type of yeast that has been um harnessed for its bread making or like powers so um it creates a lot of carbon dioxide it proves quite quickly it gets started quickly um but the reason why home bakers probably don't have it as much is that it, it's it's perishable you know it's it's a, it's a living thing so you, it has like a, a shelf life fridge life you know that that you can't keep around forever whereas dry yeast you can you know it's got you know years that you can yeah. suddenly just go and be like oh, i'll bake a loaf of bread tomorrow but it will it will deteriorate at some point won't it yeah yeah it will it's yeah it's important to check that you can't just keep it for uh like you know but like my mum's probably got some in her cupboard that's about 10 years old yeah <laughs> that is my mum's entire yeah, yeah. cupboard <laughs> spices i brought up in 1999 yeah. um and just lastly on these on these tips to like really nail your bread making have you got any tips about how you can kind of boost a regular home oven because obviously most people haven't got access to baking ovens yeah so i mean in your home oven you're almost you're always trying to um replicate like a bakery's oven and i mean if you're lucky and you've got a fancy oven um that has like you can actually like inject steam into it so you can create a steamy environment and the reason why you want a steamy environment for when you're baking because that's kind of doesn't sound it's like why would you want to steam your bread as opposed to bake it it's because in the initial part of the the bread baking you want a steamy environment because that stops the crust from forming too soon and so when the crust forms too soon it basically stops as much rise as you can get so if it's in a steamy environment it basically keeps rising and rising and rising and then eventually it'll set and then it will then it will caramelize once all the steam burns off and that's how um 
like a fully loaded like wood fired oven in the old days that's how it worked basically is that at the first bit it would be really steamy in there and that's how your bread's you know rising 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 and then like the second half of baking is just caramelization dark crust you know for the crunch um and so to replicate that home if you haven't got like, like i know some ovens actually do now you can you can like inject steam and make it all steamy and really hot because you need both you need to be really hot and steamy um <laughs> but yeah i mean you know you, you can do things like um i bake my bread in cast iron pots because that literally creates like a trapped environment mm. and the steam comes from the, the water evaporating from the bread dough so as the bread bakes the water evaporates and it gets trapped in that really tight environment and then that's how you get that full rise but if you don't have a cast iron pot or a, like you know a casserole le creuset whatever um you can um put a tray at the bottom and soak there's like you can throw ice cubes and ice water or a kettle of boiling water or you can soak um tea towels in water use your old not your family's best ones and um, soak them in water and then put them in the bottom of the oven in a, in a in a tray so that they'll like gradually remember to take them out halfway through as well otherwise um, <laughs> they might get crispy um but yeah you're basically any way that you can try and get steam mm. into um the oven for your and you honestly the results are incredible stick around for more expert bread advice from adam Okay, so the next section I'm calling Mythbusters, mm-hmm. um, talking about some common misconceptions that people have around bread. Um, so the first one is all bread must be kneaded, pummeled to death. Is that true? Well, having been a sourdough baker, <laughs> which you do not need, um, I would say that no, not all bread does need, need to be, there's going to be a lot of need said, not all bread needs to be kneaded. Yeah. Um, but if you're making a yeasted bread, I would say that yes, probably. Gluten will align itself. I'm just, this is going to be complicated. Gluten will align itself over time. Um, but often when you're using dried, uh, like if you're not using sourdough, basically, you probably aren't giving it that much time. Mm. So you want to, kneading is you aligning the gluten bonds yourself so you're literally hammering them into long strands by kneading and pressing and and forcing them together um whereas with sourdough you kind of let they will do it themselves they like want to you know they want to all join up and link up but it, it kind of takes a bit of time and sourdough is a very slow product to make um whereas a lot of yeasted breads are a lot faster so it's just easier just to just to do that yourself really so what about so-called no need bread that isn't sourdough often that will be slow no need bread like it, it will take a, a like a, a lot of time and you can do it through like gentle folding it's um it's much easier with a higher hydration so sourdoughs or no need bread it might it might be you don't handle it very much because it'd be sticky because it's higher hydration um and yeah it'll be the time like it'll probably be it might be overnight you leave it overnight um or something like that so again something like your focaccia dough you can mix it put it in a bowl and then stick it in the fridge covered and then you're and then you're just proving it sorry you're rising it overnight on so that's interesting so so rather than you can do it in what 10-15 minutes with your hands or Mm -hmm. a dough hook Mm -hmm. or you'll get a similar result if you then just leave it to slowly do it itself overnight yeah i mean don't absolutely hold me to that don't just like change your whole baking (laughs) schedule but like no there are breads there are bread recipes and we have some i think online that actually will give you the directions in order for you to do that successfully yeah yeah yeah. and a lot a lot of that a lot of times you'll probably use 
less yeast than you're used to for those breads because mm -hmm. you want the growth but you also want the gluten to build as it over time so like the two are growing together effectively yeah um another um i don't know if this is a myth i mean it's it's kind of true but that you you absolutely need a warm environment for your bread to rise i mean that that kind of links into what we've just said doesn't it yeah i mean <laughs> yeast or bread yeast loves warmth yeah it will you know if you if you heat it up to a certain uh like it, it will up, uh, it basically up until like 50 60 degrees before it starts dying it loves it like it will go crazy um but i think the optimum bread's proving temperature is about 26 so yeah i mean fairly warm but you can do fun things with with temperature with bread so um like the the sort of no need sort of techniques and sourdough often have an, an overnight proof mm. um which kind of changes how the yeast's reacting. It kind of starts to become dormant again, but it, in that time, it doesn't really produce much gas, but it is producing, it is still like feeding kind of. Um, so it basically gives you a more complex flavor often because it's creating, like when yeast is eating the carbohydrates or the sugars in the flour, it creates things like acetic um, and lactic acid, which combined with the sugar in the carbohydrates like gives us this sort of like, you know deeper deeper flavor really mm. um so that's a lot a lot, a lot of times that's but but if you also have just have a cold house like uh, yeah just it will just take longer to be honest so it's just time really yeah it'll do just, the same job yeah just so as long as the yeast is has been correct you know if you if you start off with dry as long as it's been correctly it's not dead just begin with if it's dried yeast like you've had it five years yeah yeah like said. yeah um, and as long as it's been correctly incorporated, it, it will eventually get to that point. It'll just take longer. It, it should. Yeah, it should do. Yeah, 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 it should do. But if you have a cold house, I just say use um, warm water. Yeah. Because not unless you want it to take forever. But. Yeah. And just like hooking back to, um, to yeast, mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of people say that fresh yeast is better than dried or in the past it's kind of like, oh, you know, go to the bakers and ask them for some fresh yeast. I mean, is it? better it's or is it just going to do the same job for, for me it's just going to do the same job I, I think that um i think it's probably associated as better because professional bakers use fresh as opposed to dried so therefore you know to, to you're wanting to emulate like you know a bakery's goods right so you want to use the same thing so they'll be like no i'm going to use fresh as opposed to dried but really the reason why big bakeries use um fresh is it, it basically it dried yeast is incredibly potent so if you're making something like an overnight ferment for something like baguettes or something, for like a batch of four, you'd literally need a pinch of dried yeast, whereas the weight of fresh yeast is more. So you can kind of be more exact with fresh yeast. So if you're doing things en masse, it, it basically just means that you can, yeah, you can be more precise when you're, doing, when you're making like big batches of things because the reality is you don't want to use too much yeast because it tastes yeasty you know it has it does have a flavor profile and also um it makes things rise um rapidly and not often in that sort of even lovely way that you want them to it might sporadically go in one way and be really bubbly or might create like a, a, a bulbous dome on the top of your bread that's like empty like a big hole or anything like that if you've used too much yeast so you want to use like the right amount mm. and so when, when you're doing things on mass in a big bakery you want to use fresh because it, it means that you can get that right like every time Brilliant. whereas dried is like it's like supercharged that's cool i want to get some um 
some great recipe suggestions, things you can add, how you can get creative with your bread. What have you got for me? Well, if you want to get creative, I know that you wrote uh, like a focaccia art recipe, which you can become um, a modern artiste with your bread making. Um, and yeah, you can use loads of fun things like what was it? Um, like onion petals for like... like peppers. To, to like... I used peppers. I used um, olives. For the middle middle of flowers, mm -hmm. and then um, roasted red peppers to make petals out of, and, and yeah, like spring onions, chives. It's like anything anything that you can think of deli wise, like stuff you get out of a jar. Usually that's in olive oil as well. Capers yeah. for like tiny little things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that is just a fun thing to do. I mean, I did it with my niece Rudy, who's was like ten at the time, and uh, kids love doing stuff. Yeah, like yeah. That. And it looks. Great. I love I love doing stuff like that. <laughs> Um, aside from that, like you say, I mean, any of those things that you just said, you can put it in your dough. Right. Um, so you can fold it through. Um, you can swap the liquid for like beer or stout. Um, cheese. I mean, cheese is always going to make everything better. Garlic. Like if you um, like slow roast a bulb of garlic and then squeeze that into the dough. Right. Um, just a quick point on that. You have to be really careful mixing these things in and too much isn't always a good thing. So there's like a little, there's like, there is a balance that you want because obviously these things are often heavy and heaviness will, it will just drag your loaf down. It, it won't reach its full potential because of all that weight in there. So there's kind of a balance between um, how much you put in um, and like, you know, getting all the flavor from it. Is there like a ratio that you should be looking at? Say if you start with 500 grams of, which a lot of bread flour. I would say 50 grams of something. Really? So yeah. that, that's more. Or maybe a hundred. If, if it's not too, like if you're doing like seeds or something like that, maybe a hundred grams of like toasted sunflower, pumpkin, uh, sesame, like a mix of something like that, mm. um, will, will, will be, be perfect. Right. Yeah. Because you kind of, it's going to be a little bit denser from them. Um, and the other way you can, if you don't want to like ruin the texture of your bread on the inside, you can actually put them on the outside. So, um, basically if you, when you, when you would usually put your, like, like maybe like slash your bread and put it into the oven you could get a little pot with a little pastry brush and just paint all over the outside and then just sprinkle it with poppy seeds, sesame seeds, sunflower seeds, um, rolled oats. You get a really nice crunch then as you well, do. don't you? Yeah, yeah. And and they don't burn in the oven because I always worry about that they're going to kind of burn, but seeds have got quite a nice little... Yeah, they're pretty hardy actually. Yeah, pretty yeah. hardy. What about spices? Because I'm thinking I've seen quite a lot of turmeric bread around. Is that just a... I think that might just be a bit of a fad. Makes it yellow. <laughs> Um, I, I, I th do you remember I made a sourdough with like caramelized onions and, and it just didn't really, and like turmeric and it just, it just didn't work. It was one of you. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't a great one. Um, Not the fact that you're still talking about it though. It's like. <laughs> well, that's because I wanted it to work. I had caramelized <laughs> onions with it. The caramelized onions weren't the problem. I think it was no. the turmeric that it was just a little bit too punchy. And yeah, I mean, uh, things like fennel seed, mm. really, really good. If you did like, um, this, like a, I think it's a German bread. It's like, um, coriander, like coriander seed, fennel seed, raisins, Caraways, nuts, caraway um traditional um yeah what when's the optimum time to to be adding in your i guess if it's it, like is there some that's better to be put in at the start and then some that you add in the kneading process what's yeah the... so it, it, if you're doing like a no knead process then it probably towards the end you're just going to gently fold it through but if you're doing a kneaded bread you're doing all the hands-on work at the start so you need to get that ingredient in at the start otherwise it just you, you'll really struggle to get it in it but and it'll probably sit in pockets through your bread which will kind of drag it down and make it even heavier yeah. um so yeah usually at the beginning or if you're doing no need or sourdough it'll be towards the end 
What about if it's just something really light, like you said, like like seeds? Can you put them in with the flour, or do you, is it best to knead them in so they're suspended? I mean, it's it's one of those things that if you it's it. I mean, you can just chuck them in at the start, but for optimum gluten development at the start, it's better to let that develop on its own without anything else in there. Then try and add your things. But if you're doing like a like a kneaded bread, you, you just have to you have to just get it in there early, cool. and then it will build it. It'll just do what it wants after that. Thanks for that, Adam. Loves of brilliant tips there. We're going to be recording a bonus episode to this, which will go out later on in the week. And Adam's going to be walking us through one of his favorite bread recipes and all of the tips and tricks that you need to get that right. So look out for that. But um, mm -hmm. thanks again for coming to chat to us Cheers. today, Adam. That was brilliant. No worries. Thanks. That was the Olive Magazine podcast. For more information on things we talked about in this episode and to check our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, head to olivemagazine.com.